Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I am here with Greg M. today, and we will be discussing how he went about remembering his mission and understanding the patterns of life. And before we swing into that, I'd like to invite you to understand a little bit more about your own pattern, specifically the pattern of giftedness that you brought with you into this world. I know many of us, especially early in the waking up process, uh, question and, and doubt that we have any particular gifts that we've brought with us because everyone else seems to be so on mission and they know what they're doing and they, they've identified their gifts and they're really working with them. And that's part of the reason that I created this quiz so that you would have a mirror you can look into and get a good look at what your gifts are to help you read the outside of your jar, so to speak because we all have a label on the outside, but since we're inside the jar, it makes it a little hard to access sometimes. So that's why I created this quiz, the what is your number one spiritual superpower quiz. You can find that at superpowerquiz.us and it takes you about two minutes to go through it and get that answer. So take your pen, take your paper and make sure you get that URL down, superpowerquiz.us. And having completed that invitation, I will now introduce our guest today. Greg M. is an energy alchemist, empath, grid, sorry, light grid weaver, spiritual teacher, and he helps transform energy in order to help people grow, heal, and thrive. Having suffered from severe undiagnosed illness that almost killed him, he shares the tools that he used to heal himself with his clients and with the world. His mission is to help awaken the beautiful people of Earth to their highest potential. He has training in all sorts of esoteric and energy healing modalities, such as sound healing, hands-on healing, astrology, tarot, crystals, Mayan, sacred geometry, light grids. There, get the words in the right order and more. Mm. <laughs> Welcome, Greg. I'm so happy to have you here on the show with me. So honored to be here. Really, really excited about the show. Excellent. So you have a whole lot of credential and a whole lot of modalities. And while we are born with gifts, a lot of us need to go through, should I say, reminders <laughs> mm -hmm. of what we have and our gifts. And so what was life like before you had awakened to the understanding of your giftedness and started the study of particular modalities? Well, life wasn't easy. Um, I can imagine it, it was like that for a lot of people out there uh, before the awakening. And I think that's supposed to be that way. But my struggle went on quite a long time, actually, even until my, even until my 30s. And, well, uh, and I find awakening doesn't necessarily immediately end the struggle. <laughs> At least it didn't for not. me personally. <laughs> no, and the struggles continue. There's always going to be mm -hmm. challenges. And, but now I look at those challenges through a different lens. Hmm. Yes, and, and so I'm sure we you. will dig deeply into yeah. that as we move forward. So tell me a little bit about what it was like growing up. Well, it's interesting because I don't have a me like a memory uh, of myself being like before three years old. And my, my actually my very first memory is actually seeing Earth from space. 
Wow. And I knew that I was going to be be not even born, but I don't know if you know what a walk-in is, but yes. So that is basically what I experienced is I had this image of who I was going to be, where I was going to grow up. And all of a sudden I was just living in this town, um, in, Mm -hmm. in North, in the middle of Canada, uh, Manitoba, Canada. That is interesting. Now I know what a walk-in is, so I'm going to put a pin here for just a second. And for those viewers who are relatively new to this, what a walk-in is, is a soul who's inhabited a body who's been born here uh, decides at some point that they are done and they make an agreement to step out of that body and allow a different soul to come in and take over ownership of that body as opposed to allowing the body to die and go to waste so that's what that is and that's a topic we can spend several episodes on all by itself. That's <laughs> <laughs> a wild one, that's for sure. Yeah, it sure is. Okay, so back to your story. You have arrived in this little town in Manitoba. Yes. So, you know, it was interesting because I I was so allergic to everything, like the food, milk. I mean, I'm sure the air, like everything I touched, I just seemed allergic to. And it got worse over over my childhood. So I know, yeah. like, if I drank milk, milk was just made me go in rashes. And um, so it was it was challenging just having supplements, having food to get through my day. I was just it always just put me in a in a mental fog. And that happened throughout my my teenage years. I could barely stay awake in high school. Yeah, I I totally feel you on that. I <laughs> I have a rather dramatic allergy profile myself, and. Um... Anytime they ask about my allergies, it's like, what are you allergic to? Uh, life, the universe, yeah, what, and everything, it would seem. <laughs> what am I not allergic to is probably the... Yeah, yeah. it's much faster conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, no, and, and that was challenging because back in the 80s, there was no like organic food. Your parents just got what they got you. So you just had to eat what was on the plate and shut the heck up. Yeah. Um, and so not only that... I was ultra sensitive and ultra just an empath and connecting to energies, my energies, and just feeling so much and not being able to understand it all. And so, you know, I had a really big open heart, but I was, it was such a struggle. Um, You know, classic, the classic story that I'm sure a lot of people go through the classic struggle. Nobody understands you. I'm trying to fit in. And so I did try to fit in and I did fit in. And so I used tools to sort of get through it. So what were some of the tools that you used to kind of find your way through this before you've even woken up a lot of times? I know for myself, I, I've got my fair share of dysfunctional coping mechanisms <laughs> from that part of my life mm-hmm. that I have been uh, picking apart and unlearning. I hear you there. No, and um, so a couple of those things, well, first off is I loved playing with crystals and pyramids and specifically magnets. Mm. There's a five and six-year-old running around playing with these things. And then all of a sudden I came to the age where I was, I could play sports. And my dad wanted me to give, wanted me to have the childhood that he never had. So I went from being this like really weird eccentric kid to this potential athlete. So I was thrown into hockey, to baseball, and to soccer, um, golf, everything under the sun. And so that's kind of, but I met great friends. And that's the, okay. the, the shining light of that is that I really did meet some really wonderful friends throughout that. But uh, that mystery and that magic that I loved about the world was sort of taken away temporarily. Yeah. Yeah. Was it, 
what I want to say, was it shocking to be kind of shunted into what I want to say, the childhood that your father wished that he'd had oh. as opposed to being allowed your own course? It was hard. It was hard. It was heavy because it, it was not who I was. But I, I guess I had an ability to be sort of a chameleon. But if anybody could read a child's face, you could tell that I was extremely nervous and scared and fearful. But mm. that that didn't really matter at, at that time. And and that's okay. You know, that, that's that's part of the challenges of of learning to heal, right? And yeah. to and not taking things so personally. And and that's another part of the discussion is is learning to let go and to heal and to forgive others that may not have known what they were doing at the time. Right, exactly. Well, and I'm sure from your father's perspective, right, he was doing amazing things for you, right? Because mm -hmm. he hadn't had the opportunity to to play ball with the guys and, and do that kind of stuff. And here he is, he's given it all to you on this amazing platter. And you're like, no, nope. I don't really want to. <laughs> no, and, and, and yes, on, on top of that, uh, there was a lot of yelling involved as well. Mm. So, you know, and I just, as I said, I was very sensitive and I would just be like, I would absorb all the anger and all the, the, the screaming because he didn't know how to communicate. Yeah. He didn't know how to how to get that through. And so his only way to communicate was to yell. And here I am just like, Ooh. oh, yeah. Well, and I having some compassion for the guys in that generation. And mm -hmm. I, I like to kind of step around and step into those shoes. They weren't allowed a large range of emotional expression. No. I mean, if you think back to the society that that he was raised in, he was. Yeah probably brought up in the 50s, I'm guessing, based on your relative age, <laughs> 50s, yeah, maybe 60s. 60s. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, guys back at that time, I mean, it was, you know, suck it up, have a stiff upper lip, and you can be angry, angry is acceptable, uh, but you can't be sad, mm -hmm. you know, and so, yeah, it's, and don't share your emotions. Uh, don't you share know. your emotions. No. Don't don't be happy. Don't be any of that. You can maybe be a little proud from time to time, but that's oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, growing up as well, I, 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 this is back in the late 80s and 90s, and computers had come out, and I was always interested in technology. And I had that sort of mind that, you know, I loved the stars and astronomy, but I also loved technology too. So I, I actually got involved into video games. And so ah. this was my huge escapism for literally oh, 20 years of my life. I, I had, I would just, but luckily I had friends. I wasn't just this loner that went into video games and, but I had, we had friends and we, we would have these things called land parties and they would physically come over and we would play. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I, mean. I, I was, I was a little bit too a generation too old for that, but I, when I was in technology and I ran data centers, I had uh, operators who would tell me about these parties and I was like, God, if only we'd had that when I was in <laughs> no doubt. Was that age, right? And I was there at the, uh, basically the beginning of it all, uh, of, of those games. And it was interesting because, you know, as I got older into my teenage years, I would actually like just less and less want to be going out. My I had friends from sports and they did say, let's go out and go to parties. And I was so anxious and so nervous and so fearful about, about interacting with people. I would just always have an excuse. No, I'm okay. I'm going to stay home, stay home today. And that caused some friction with my friends, but oh, sure. some other friends I had too loved it. They're like, yeah, sure. Let's I'll play with you for sure. And that was uh, putting a hold on 
to who I really was, you know, and even back then I had, I knew about patterns. I, there was something in me that I could see that life is not what it appears to be. Mm. And how did that kind of show up for you? I know we'll get these little, what I want to say, peaks into and through the matrix from time to time. Tell us about one of those little peaks and how it showed up for you. Well, a peak was, I was about 12 years old and it was a summertime and I was feeding my dog at about nine or 10 PM. I think this was maybe around September. The sun had just had set and I was walking back to the house and we had just a regular lot of of a house, but we lived in the small town of maybe a thousand people. And out to the East, I saw this really bright light in a, in a farmer's field. And I knew that the area, well, I knew about planes. I knew about the lights and all that. And I'm thinking in my head as an, and so I'm looking at this as a 12 year old boy and I'm sitting here in my head thinking I stop and I stare at it. Is this a plane? I don't see the the blinking lights. Is this a helicopter? I don't see the blinking lights. Is this a a new light that the farmer had put up? And I think, I think that's a little too far, a little too high up. And then I, I said, is this a UFO? And the second that I thought that thought, this light beam, this, this, well, it was a craft to be honest, shot straight up into the sky and moved so quickly that it left this trail of light. The light was falling behind it. So I can almost, yeah. I could see how That's fast the light faster was faster than the speed of light. If the it light was, is trailing behind it, right? <laughs> it, it was trailing yeah. behind it. And I, it, it freaked me out. And I, and, but I knew UFO was real. So I ran inside and I told my mom, I said, mom, I, I, I saw a UFO. And she's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh, sure. Yeah. There, there. Pat, pat on the head. <laughs> Very imaginative. Boy. He's such a creative little boy. <laughs> <laughs> He's so sweet. <laughs> so that was that was um, you know I I haven't left that image in, in in my mind. It's still there, still sharp. And so you know I I wonder if that was my spirit team, my uh, soul family, some other galactic family that was perhaps watching because they were connected to my thoughts. It wasn't just yeah. I saw a UFO that flew around. Like the second that I thought that thought, yeah, it, it, it responded. It responded. Yeah. It responded exactly. to me. So that was amazing. So tell me how you ended up on the path of enlightenment. A lot of us ended up getting forced there <laughs> in <Oof>. some ways. <laughs> I I got forced. I got I got I got dragged, kicking and, str- and screaming because you know, like I was saying, I I have this you know this deep seated fear. Back then, especially with the fear of the unknown, fear of talking to people, fear of just leaving my house almost, but I still could interact with people and I was just very shy, very quiet. But I knew in my heart um, that there was something had to change. And I did a lot of traveling in my 20s. I traveled a lot to Australia and Fiji and Hawaii and all these places to try to bring myself out and find myself. Yeah. And, you know, it helped a bit but it still didn't really fix what was going on within me, right? It didn't fix the fear. Didn't yeah, fix... well, anywhere you go, there you are. <laughs> there you are. There you are. Yeah. And so I tried all these things. Um, and then finally, in, in my, I think in my, I was about 30 years old, I said, you know what, it's time for me to leave my comfort zone. And I had left my hometown of Winnipeg, Manitoba, and decided to come out. I had left with a friend. And we went um, to my buddy's wedding in in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, and we just left for an adventure. And that was a really wonderful experience because I didn't have to do it by myself. I went with one of my best friends. And so I was almost handheld to get there. And then we ended up in BC, BC, Canada. 
And mm-hmm. I was left, uh, I was working at a, uh, a ski resort and I thought me and him were going to do this together. And then all of a sudden he says to me, I, I got a job offer in Ottawa. I'm, I'm leaving. And oh. I was just like, oh my God, Bye. no way. <laughs> Wait, you're Wait. my security blanket. Don't, Dude, don't leave. Don't do this to me. <laughs> oh my God, he was my security blanket, truly. Um, and so that was pretty, I was actually pretty, pretty, for about a month, I was feeling really heavy, really unsure. What the heck am I doing out here by myself? Um, but I took the opportunity to say, you know what, obviously I meant to be here. And then I, I ended up moving to a place called White Rock, which is near Vancouver. And I rented a, uh, a room off of a, a girl. Um, and then her boyfriend at the time, um, ended up being one of my best friends. So just another person filled that area of my life that I felt was, was lacking. I, I had lost some friends, but I gained a new one out here. Well, and I, I'd like to kind of pause and shine a little spotlight on that because a lot of times we we pray for things in our lives and one of the things i think we forget about when we pray for a particular thing to happen is a lot of times we have to release something else to make space for that to arrive and in your case you had to release your longtime friend to allow space for a new friend to arrive into that's right. That's exactly how it works. That is beautiful. So I want to hear how this how this turns into enlightenment because I know it will. Uh, but we are up on our first break already. If you are, if you clearly you are out there in listener land, if you're hearing my voice right now, so grab your pen, grab your piece of paper, and I'd like you to spend some time with the moments in your life where you've had to let something go whether you chose to release it or whether it left and you couldn't keep it Um, and then spend a little time with what that makes space for when you allowed that and came to terms with the fact that that's what was going to happen and hang with us we'll be right back from the break This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to tellzofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A.com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's tellzofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. In a Realm is a free monthly holistic health magazine that promotes total health and wellness of body, mind, and spirit. We're a much-loved community resource for both alternative and traditional healing. We're in our 24th year of educating our readers about innovative therapies aimed at stress reduction, emotional healing, diet modification, energy healing, body movement therapies like yoga and tai chi, and so much more. Restore your soul, find your balance, and elevate your life with Inner Realm. Find us at innerrealmmagazine.com. Get Unchained! 
Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel, featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I am back here with Greg M. And he is fixing to tell us how he awoke into uh, enlightenment. And so in my first awakening, the first, time. Yes. The first stage, <laughs> and it's just such a funny story, but it's not, but it is, is I, I, I was such on a, an earnest path to find out who, what was really going on. So the book that actually awoke me was Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. And at that time, I didn't have a job. I didn't have a girlfriend. I was able to just roam free around the city of Vancouver, walking parks. And so I took this this information all in and I put it into absolute practice. And I had actually slipped into a state of constant present moment awareness. You could not snap me out of this. I wouldn't watch TV. I wouldn't read any more books. I was just in a constant state of presence. And that state of presence brought me so much joy because I had such a connection with the trees. I would have I would have conversations with trees, and I would just see things at such a different perspective that nothing could drag me out of it. And I was in that state for about two weeks. Very nice. So obviously, something happened to break that state. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. And uh, what broke it was, well, I had to, I ran out of money. I had to get back into the job. And then somehow, um, you know, I, I ended up working with this guy. I was actually started making music at this time, feeding off of that energy from, from more, from that enlightenment state. And I had met somebody that was uh, with, had trying to help me on the journey of music. And I did this for about a year or two. And then I got really, really sick, really, really oh, sick. My so sick that I had lost most of my muscle, most of my weight. I, I was in actually in a state of constant fear. That's and my severe. It was severe. Yeah. It was really severe. And my body reacted to what I was thinking and feeling and believing at the time. My spirit was very unhappy with the path that I was on and which led me to being a very unhappy. And it was a painful, really painful experience. Um my I, I was doctors were poking and prodding me from all over the place. I got taken in an ambulance and then, you know, they couldn't figure out what was wrong. And then finally, I just, one day I just was laying there and I was like, I'm ready to die. I don't want this anymore. Yeah. And, you know, now that I can say that without getting emotional, cause I know that I've healed from that, but that used to bring up a lot of emotion uh, having oh, that thought. I'm sure. Yeah. But when I tried to die, um, I, I was calling for Jesus to, to take me, to help me guide me back home. And, um, 
they wouldn't come. I, I wouldn't, my body, uh, my spirit wouldn't leave. So, a th- but a thought had entered that space. And the thought was, you're not done here. You have work to do yet. Isn't that interesting? And, and the- I, have a, I have a question for you. Yeah. Okay. Because obviously the personality was like, I am so over this. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Let me get out of here. Yeah. Do you feel like that was your higher self who was like, hey, you're not done here? Or was this something even higher than your higher self? You know, that's such a great question. I, I, I just felt sick. perhaps both, perhaps it was both that I came here for something much greater than what my personality wanted. So I, I feel it was partly my higher self, partly some other entity that was just like, come on, you came here for a mission. It's time to start awakening now. And so at that moment, I took that as a test, as a challenge that every, every test and challenge that comes my way, I'm going to look at it as such and not look at it like I'm a victim that I'm creating my reality and I'm going to, I'm going to conquer these challenges as they come. And it's going to start with my health. Okay. So what were the challenges on your plate at that time? Obviously your health, my health, I was broke. I was mm-hmm. pretty, I was homeless. And so I, and I had tapped at all my friends for money. And so I hit rock bottom on every single level. I yeah. was tapped out. Oh my but, goodness. Yeah. That's, that's a whole pile of challenges <laughs> right there. It becomes especially yeah. challenging when you arrive in this homeless moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I didn't have anyone to turn to. Um, but uh, there were still a couple people that I, I was able to get a little bit of help from. And, um, and so you had to bear in I back into making money. I was incredibly sick and I could barely walk 20 feet without having to take a breath. I couldn't even lift 20 pounds. Like it was really, really sad sight. And I didn't want anyone to see me actually too. I, I was almost like that dog that wants to go die under a, a deck or yeah, a bridge exactly. or something. Well, and I think you said you had wasted away to like a hundred pounds or something. Yeah. I mean, skeletal. I was, uh, I was truly skeletal. I I just was unwell in every level. So, you know, sort of fast forward a little bit, you know, that I I got tested by having to start at the bottom of the barrel for jobs. I had to work at a beer store and I used to work in professional IT, making very comfortable, uh, a very comfortable income. And then I had to go, no one would hire me. Well, yeah, you looked like you were about to keel over any second. (laughs) (laughs) But a beer store hired me instead, you know, making minimum wage. Yeah. And, and, and this is where I could barely lift, a, you know, a, a, a beer case. I, w- I was going to say very hard to stock oh shelves when you can't lift 20 pounds. And, and my supervisors yeah. were very young people and very mischievous. And they'd be like, okay, go move those over there, over there. And I'd have to take like, I'd have to do full night's work, moving, moving beers, beer, uh, cases all, all, all night. And I was like, my body, I don't know if it can handle this. I was going to say, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> and it really did. And it really yeah. did. And, and so I took, I had a whole bunch of these little challenges come up or big or small, depending on how you look at it. And I looked at it like, well, a test. it's a pretty substantial challenge if you think about it, right? Yes. Because it's a large step down from it oh. and in a lot of ways. Um, how, how did you come to terms with this on an emotional level? Because I suspect you don't get out of that till you're grateful for it in some way. That's right. And you know, I, I looked, like I said, I, I had looked at everything like a test and I said, no matter what, I'm going to respond from a good place. I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to be resentful. I'm going to be thankful. Like you said, I'm going to be come from a place of gratitude. And when I started doing that, more opportunities started coming to me. So I actually ended up getting a better job. 
And then I, and then, and then a better job after that. And then a better job after that. And then my health started slowly improving. And I'll tell you right now, my health took me five full years for my health to improve. And did they ever find a root cause for that in the physical world? They never found out the root cause. Yeah. Which was, I wasn't surprised by it because I looked, I, I realized that it was all for me to see. It was all a spiritual test. It wasn't yeah, for anyone well, else to figure out but myself. Exactly. Well, and a lot of times when you get these things that don't respond to conventional wisdom, that don't, nothing comes back on the tests that, that suggests what the problem is, that's an indicator that it's time to start looking at your own personal philosophy, your approaches to life. Are you really embracing who you are and what you're here to do? Have you started even looking for that? And it's amazing when you start to reorder your priorities, um, that's when things start to unravel and, and begin to come into alignment and begin to click again. Exactly. And so after that, I, I ended up getting more stable in my job. I found a, a place to live. I mean, the first place I lived actually was with, uh, with prostitutes. I rented a room where pro prostitutes lived. And I didn't look at it like, poor me. I'm like, this is just where I'm be beginning my journey. And so I had that energy of being grateful. And that energy of grateful led me to the next step, which was a next upgrade and then another upgrade. So I ended up getting, my, my goal was to get stable in my finances and my health and my mental health and my emotional health. And it, I found all that. I found yeah. all that, which gave me the, the place where I could start to cultivate, to find myself who I really was and what my gifts were and to read these, all these wonderful esoteric books and to go deep into that, into, into the wisdom. And how did that um, what I want to say, how did the timing of that integrate into this process of being grateful for the job at the beer store and then another job and another job? Was it something that you did at the same time? Exactly. It was something I did all at the same time. It's like I would read books. I would sp spend time in my heart all at the same time as like, okay, I'm working at a beer store. Then I'm working at a bike store. I got a, a job at a bike store. And then I just looked at it like it just people I meant to meet. And I met great friends there too. And I just brought my the best energy that I could um, with my body slowly healing. I had to lift bikes off of racks. You know, I was like, Ooh, here we go. <laughs> bikes or whatever, how much, how much do they Thank weigh? heavens for the beer training. <laughs> oh my God. Exactly. Right. That's ex probably exactly what it was. And, and then actually it gave me the opportunity to ride my bike to work every day because I didn't have a vehicle. So they actually yes. gave me a uh, fix my bike for free and I would, Go two, three kilometers every day to work. Yeah, which so got now my you've body got a transportation. Yay! I got transportation. There you go, a little upgrade, and it just got better and better. And then I ended up getting back into IT and getting a stable job, and I got a car and I got a good home, really close to work. And then that allowed me the, the time to like. I still was playing video games at this time. Don't get um, don't get me wrong. That's, that's, <laughs> it was a hard habit to kick, um, but I was really digging into every documentary you could watch. And I was watching Gaia, I was reading books and I just absorbed like a sponge and some interesting things started to happen. Oh, do tell. Well, really the first thing that started to happen was uh, I, I, it led me to take this course, um, which was similar to Reiki and a course. I'm sorry, you I, broke up. Say again. It was a three day course. Okay. And it was similar to Reiki. 
And it basically, when I got home, my hands started to actually tingle, almost like they're falling asleep. Yes. Uh-huh. Right? I'm familiar the, with that sensation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so I was at your, your left brain says, okay, where's your blood sugar? You know, there's always like- Did a, I pinch off a blood vessel? <laughs> yeah. I'm familiar uh, with that too. Logical minds all up in there looking for explanations. <laughs> yeah, I have that too. But I knew in my heart, I'm like, okay, something has been activated. I think um, something has been activated in my in my hands. And I knew that there was something to this. And so- uh, And it's med- completely the opposite of falling asleep. It, it is. It, it really is. And, you know, to this day, like, I mean, I'm sitting here right now and my hands, like they vibrate like they're- to most people would say like they feel they feel like they've fallen asleep it's just that ultimate tingles like a very deep tingling sensation but when yeah. you're first opening to these abilities you're like what the heck is this well yeah now i have a What's question for? for you because i've noticed this in my own life and perhaps this is a common thing that is shared when i i first open to a new ability or take a step up in what do i want to say the power or the that particular skill set, whatever it is, I feel it really intensely for a while. And the length of time varies, but at some point I kind of get used to it. Oh. And I don't notice it so much until the next step up. And then it's like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's really interesting. And you bring up a really great point. That totally has happened. And it's happened to the point now where like I used to only be able to kind of focus on one point of my body at a time. And that was just, okay, I got to focus on my finger. But now I can sit here and after all this has gone by, I can feel not only my hands at the same time, but I can feel my entire body. And then I always would say to people, can you feel your right knee right now, for example? And it would take a lot of people a few moments to say, hmm, can I feel my right knee? And they're like, it feels okay. And it really brought up an interesting thought to me. It's like people are so used to their body responding in a negative way that it's their body saying, oh, my knee is sore or my back is sore. Instead of actually putting your conscious attention into your body, which your body really does love. It loves your attention. It loves your conscious attention. And so I had developed these abilities to the point where like, yes, I, it's almost like I can, I cannot notice it, but at the same time, as soon as I'm there, it's like, it's just everything that it, there is for me. It's all I notice. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can make it your entire existence if you so choose. I I want to kind of circle back to this giving your body your full attention because that's something I think we're trained out of in a lot of ways in a society, especially those of us who work with our minds a lot, um, as opposed to someone who works with their body. I think professional athletes, for example, are a little more dialed in to what's actually happening with their bodies. How do you begin to cultivate that conscious awareness of what's happening in your being without the obsessive focus on, well, my left knee hurts or whatever it is? That's a great question. And you know, you have to start small. You can't just all of a sudden feel everything because we're not used to that. We're like you said, we're, we're trained to think outside trend our most of our attention is in our brain um and so it just takes a little bit of practice and you can start by something that's easy for you putting your attention in the tip of your finger and just holding your attention there as long as you can without thinking without your brain saying what about this phone call what would i do for dinner 
what do I, I said this about this person silent. It's just, it's okay to have those thoughts, but get that attention back onto your finger and practice a little bit more each day. And you're going to notice that your finger might start tingling. It might start feeling heat. It might feel some sort of sensation. And that is the start that it's actually working. And when you actually grow that, then it's going to be like, okay, well, then I can actually put attention into my sore knee. And all that actually takes for you to actually start to heal your knee is to put attention in it without getting your mind in the way. Your yeah, mind because saying, the my mind's going to want to go in Why there. Why is and my go, knee sore? Yeah. Why? What what what's the deal here? Is this this is an inherited thing? Maybe it's you know. There's this whole list of stuff exactly. that Google will tell you it possibly could be. Exactly. And I think the the secret is the curiosity, uh, not so much about what's happening, but how much love you can send that knee. That's and curiosity right. to see what the knee will do when it is well supported. Because your consciousness is is everything. Your consciousness is the attention and love and the light that it needs. And so where we put our attention, that's what they say, where you put your attention, energy flows, energy, energy goes. Yes. And it'll match the vibration of whatever intention you are sending to it. And exactly so, right. That's part of the reason I advocate uh, starting with curiosity, because it's a smaller step than what I want to say, full on love, if you will. Um, but I think the ultimate goal is that that pure love and acceptance. I love you, body. I love you, knee. You're fabulous and amazing. Totally and agree with that. Having that love and appreciation for it. Yeah. Exactly. So we are up on our second break already. Can you believe it? Time's flying. <laughs> I know. And I we haven't heard about the subsequent enlightenment yet. <laughs> yes, stage two. <laughs> stage two. And it does sometimes unfold that way. So I guess what I'd like to share with the listeners before we go to break is we're always given an opportunity to up-level and to up-level again and to up-level again. Um, and so when something comes back around, or if you feel like, oh my goodness, there's another set of challenges that have presented themselves in front of me, it doesn't mean that you haven't done it right. It means you've done it fabulously and you're ready for the next level. So hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827 and let me know. How has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you and go out and live soul first. 
It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America in Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I'm back with Greg M., and uh, before the break, we, were, we had gone through his first round of awakening. So tell us, Greg, how did the second round of awakening show up for you? Well, it, it started by those gifts appearing in my hands. And I thought I was just so fascinated. And what you talked about curiosity is being curious as to what this stuff really is. What is this? How far can this go? And I had that curious nature. I've always have. And that had led me to even more things. So I was like, okay, what is this? What is this for? And so I had used my girlfriend at the time, uh, who is now my wife. Um, and she used to have really bad knees, constant, constant bad knees. And I was like, okay, well, let's see if this has anything, if I can do anything with this thing. Yeah. <laughs> or if I just have tingling hands. <laughs> the, the, the knees hurt. I have tingling hands. Let's yeah. put them together and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, let's make the connection. Exactly. And so I did make the connection. And what was amazing was that I was able to start to, I was able to feel the energy field in, in her knee. And I would actually be able to feel holes in the energy field with my hands. And so with my intention, I was able to like seal the hole and put love and light back into that spot. And she would literally, like live while it was happening, she would not only feel the energy move, but literally when I was done, she was like, that's amazing. My knee feels 100%. And so I was like, wow, okay. And and not being egotistical about it, right? Because I've been humbled enough to know that <laughs> I'm, yeah. I, I don't want to test that one again. Because uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> well, and I, I think a lot of times it's, it's very easy for the ego to want to step in there and go, oh, look at me. I know I, I went through that particular phase myself. And um, I was not particularly stubborn about that one because my guides sent me several, what, what do I want to say, people who did not consider themselves to be healers, but who had stood in the place 
of the healer for another. Um, and that was kind of my my series of these. I think there were three or four of them. And I got to the third or fourth one and went, okay, I, I get the message. I'm not all that in a side of fries. <laughs> Anybody can do this as long as they're willing to be that open vessel and just to allow it. It's not something you necessarily have to direct even with intention. Right. Yeah. And that's, and they make a great point is that I don't want, I'm not special. I'm either we're all special or none of none of us are special. It's one or the other. And so what I can do, you guys can do too. Everybody out there can do that too, because I came out, I came out, I found these abilities in my mid thirties. Yeah. And so as I explored this, I would use. I, See, I you're precocious compared to me. I didn't find mine until my late forties. <laughs> oh, Really? Yeah. Well, I find you know, that interesting. Some of us are more stubborn than others. <laughs> I find that interesting, you know, and, you know, I'm in my early 40s now. And so, well, back then I, I actually was like, okay, let's keep going with this. Let's see what else yeah. I can do. Is this just because she really cares about me, loves me, and just supporting me? Exactly. Well, I just want you to feel in. better about this thing <laughs> yeah. you're trying, right? <laughs> exactly. So we had got her friend who uh, became my friend, and she had really notoriously bad shoulders and um, and knees as well. And so I brought, we brought her over for a session. And, you know, again, I... I I put her to uh, on, on the table there and I can feel the holes in the body. And so I would work on her knees. I can feel the holes. I can work on her shoulders. And at this point, I didn't really know. I'm like, okay, well, okay, I'm done. You're, you're good. And so she's like, okay, I'm, I'm going home. And she had fallen asleep during the session. And I didn't know. I didn't hear from her for two days. I'm, I talked to, talked to my wife. Did you, did you hear? Uh, she's like, no. And all of a sudden, two days later, she's like, she goes, oh my, oh my God, I forgot to tell you. She's like, I was lifting things over my shoulders and she's like in that mid stance of lifting her shoulders up she goes like my shoulders are supposed to hurt and they're not she's like and, and then my my brain went down to my knees my knees are supposed to hurt and they're not so she was just going about her business and just, she realized suddenly I'm not wait pain. the pain has disappeared <laughs> and what and that's our natural state right yeah. because you don't have to think well I'm not in pain well yeah because that's our natural state and so I, I looked at that as like just another nugget of where my path was supposed to lead me. And it's really brought me to this point where, you know, we're not supposed to be in a state of pain. Pain is supposed to be a reminder to us as to what we need to focus on, what we need to really uh, look and, and put our attention towards because our bodies are a map, yeah. right? Our emotions are a map and our, our bodies respond to our emotions and to our thoughts, both positive, positively and negatively. And now, with I that, a, I have a question for sure. you before we go off down that road. I know you've done a lot of healing work, and I know early on you mentioned in your childhood lots and lots and lots of allergies. How hmm. has that situation unfolded for you? That's a great question. Um, and, you know, it's, it's amazing because when I started working more with energy, and treating my body with more love and respect and realizing that my body needs something a little bit different from someone else's. That's okay. Um, I, I started cutting out bread. So gluten was a big thing for me. I started cutting out gluten. I started cutting out lactose and milk. Um, I, I didn't really cut out sugars. I, I loved sugar still. So I was a chocolate maniac. Um, so I gave up what I, what I could give up. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> it changed. It, everything changed. Like, like my body was then able to get into a state where I didn't need to constantly like 
process this food that my body wasn't capable of processing. And so now, even to this day, I can have a pizza once in a while. I can have a pizza and I'm not going to like break out in like, you know, my brain fog or whatever, because my body now has the energetic reserves it needs to process yeah. things that come its way. So instead and of And it's being had like, enough space between pizzas. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Back in the day, I could eat a lot of pizzas, more than just one in one sitting. <laughs> and so, you know, taking and, and being honest with yourself and saying, what is, what can I give to my body right now that would give it love? Right. And not just what my mind wants to feel better about something that happened. Right. What, because what a lot my... of times we've been trained to eat stuff to what I want to say, soothe or comfort ourselves yeah. that doesn't really serve our bodies in a in any <laughs> constructive way, I guess. Yeah. And you know what happens, and we've all been there. We all we all do that. And it's not to be feel guilty about that, but it's about to say, notice the patterns. Yes. Notice notice the patterns in your life. And what are you doing? What are you manifesting? What are the patterns that are coming in your life? And to just step back and not be, just see it for what it is and say, okay, why is this pattern repeating? Yeah, exactly. And, and look at it that way. I And I think it's important when you're exploring something like this to give yourself a lot of grace around it, okay? Because Huge. you don't know what you don't know. And you were trained into a lot of dysfunctional stuff. I have to say modern society in the Western world is trained into a shit ton of dysfunctional stuff. And so you can only do what you can in that moment. And to forgive yourself for not knowing anything different, for not somehow magically being able to see a different pattern than what you were trained into in that moment. So give yourself a lot of grace around it as you go into this get curious about it and uh, don't beat yourself up okay because you were kind of set up to end up in this situation by society so don't be harsh with yourself be very loving and compassionate with yourself as you're going through this exercise of looking at okay what are the patterns and i find when it comes time for me to look at patterns super helpful to have a notepad or a journal or something that I can start dumping it all out there on. Uh, because frequently when we're in the moment and we're living through the moment, it's like there's this mysterious thing that's happening. I don't understand why it's happening. But if you start keeping track and putting it down on paper, the pattern starts to emerge. And it's like, oh, wow, I get a migraine on Wednesdays after I go to this particular donut shop <laughs> and get their, you know, extra special whatever latte. It's like, uh, there might be something in that extra special whatever latte that you want to look into a little bit more. I love that. I, <laughs> I laugh because my first thought goes to my dad and my dad loves burgers. And whenever he has a burger, he just gets so tired after. And I had I brought this up to him a few years ago. I said, you know, you know how you get tired after you eat a burger? He's and he's like, huh? I never thought of that, but I, but it's true. I do, because we're just so used to feeling a certain way after we eat. Yeah. And and I was never like food never really energized me like it did for other people. Like it always I could always feel so sensitive to these foods and what they were doing, and they usually made me more tired than they gave me energy. But a lot of people now are so entrained in this that they don't, they're not even aware. So like you said, keep a journal yeah, and be gentle on yourself. 
because that is the energy that's going to bring you that awareness and that healing. And on top of that gentleness, if you can, for me, I, I don't take myself very seriously at all. And I think that's an important thing to do. I laugh at myself all the time because when you laugh at yourself, the energy doesn't stick to you. Yeah, exactly. Well, and laughter will move all kinds of heavy, heavy, dense stuff. It's one thing, a pattern that I've noticed with my clients is when we've really gotten down like into the heart of a trauma and we've dug out, you know, shame and death and abandonment and some of these really intense issues, a lot of times when we start to move it, that's when the laughter arrives and it starts to move it out and move it through. Um, it's, it's an amazing healing modality to be able to laugh. It's such a to, beautiful to energy. To move it through, yeah. And to laugh at ourselves and, and to not, when you laugh at other people, I don't mean to laugh at them, but just- No, it's, it's, right. it's just a laughter, a joy of release a, a joy lot of, of times. Yeah. yeah, and a joy of life. And that energy is so powerful. Like you said, it's such a powerful healer. And, you know, going like back on the patterns um, is watch those patterns in, in your life. Watch the patterns in the food that you're eating and watch how you're feeling after. Watch how you're thinking after because our food actually will definitely make an effect on that. It's, for me, it, it, it gave me brain fog. It, yeah. it gave me, a, a, I would have spots on my neck for eating. If I ate too much of cheese, for example, yeah. I get rashes. Yeah, I, I break out when I have a lot of milk products. So it's, it's best if I just uh, avoid those as much as I can. And I guess the thing that I would invite you into if you're looking at these patterns uh, is to invite yourself into this sense of curiosity about it, as opposed to jumping to conclusions about what it might mean for your life long term and these, uh, what do I want to say, uh, extreme positions, right? Well, this means I'll never be able to fill in the blank, have pizza with my family again, or whatever it is. Uh, don't go down those roads with those conclusions quite yet, because there are always alternative ways that you can have those kind of bonding experiences. It might be with a cauliflower-based pizza crust, <laughs> okay? <laughs> uh, it might be with nut cheese on top, who knows? Mm -hmm. uh, but go into it with curiosity and know that whatever decision you make right now in this moment is not irrevocable. You can make another decision farther down the road and another decision farther down the road. And I think that helps, or at least it helped me as I've been going on my, my food sensitivity journey <laughs> to, uh, to stay away from the extremes of, well, I will never, and open myself to the curiosity of, well, how can we do this? Exactly. Wonderful, wonderful uh, conversation, Greg. And we are down to our last 20 seconds. So if you were to use 10 of those to share some words of wisdom with the listeners, what would it be? Well, I just want to say that if I, can gone, if I had gone through what I've gone through to heal myself from what I've been through, I know that everybody out there can do that. You are powerful. You are a divine being. You can create anything. So if you create an illness, you can uncreate it. You can create manifestations from anything, from abundance to relationships, to whatever that you truly desire in your heart. I know that you can do it because I have done it. And I, I, I believe in you. I see you. 
Beautiful. Thank, thank you. you so much, Greg. And thank you to everyone who dialed in and listened to us today. I We do this show for you. If you have any questions, any comments, if you'd like any additional information, you can reach out to me at askzofia, A-S-K-Z-O-F-I-A at transformationspace.co. And until next week, go out and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here.